0: What's Appalachian? They're seeking that genuine, wherever yep. it is, that real deal. And I think that they get that from, you know, from the bluegrass and the old time music. It's something pure. It's, un you know, it's, it's never, you know, really been changed up. It's never been. And when they see something, it's the real deal. They attach to it. They right. want to be part of it.
1: Welcome back to another episode of What's Happen Lashin' This is Gabe Roush. With Cody Greathouse. And it's nice to be back. Yeah, season two, baby. <laughs> season two. <Season> the <laughs> role <laughs> We didn't give you guys a heads up that we were finishing season one because we didn't either. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> uh, we got caught up with a uh, crazy
2: July. Yeah, but, coaching gets busy uh, just as well as athletic training. So, you know, we in West Virginia, were allotted a three-week period uh, every summer. So... Yeah. Uh, Gabe has to deal with every sport as I just deal with girls
1: basketball now. So, um, that was, that was pretty busy Yeah, But two days are going to be a breeze. Yeah. I guarantee it. Like 100%. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to the end of July.
2: Yeah. That's well, I guarantee it. Yeah. I guarantee it. But no, it's, it's, it's good to be back on the mics. Yeah. I mean, even when we did the interview earlier this evening, like it just felt refreshing and new. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: It, it felt good and, and yeah. we, we've got some fun stuff in store for uh for this part due of yeah uh of what we've been kind of getting rolling
2: yeah yeah so I mean we have some good segments coming up uh, and you guys will see here shortly um, who our guests are tonight mm-hmm. Cody Norris and his wife Mary Rachel uh, with the Cody Norris show yeah Uh Based out of the up and coming bluegrass band.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was, I, I, we say that they're up and coming, but they made some serious strides. Well, they're here, but yeah. they still got some climbing. To do. Yeah, but yeah,
2: yeah. It was it was funny, and you guys will hear in the interview. I, I was laying in bed late one night, just scrolling through TikTok, and had my headphones in, and all of a sudden, I scrolled through this. Uh, I scroll through this video of these people just in these
1: vibrant rhinestones country western clothes yeah like and i'm like pastel oh, okay. colored yeah
2: and uh they're just ripping into it dude yeah mary rachel was just going ham on the on the fiddle and and yeah. it, it was just uh definitely caught my attention so i, I immediately sent it to gail i'm like dude we got to try and get these people on the show like i don't even know if they'll bat an eye at us when we send them a message but yeah. we're gonna try yeah. and they did and, and you'll hear them tonight uh so you know i, I urge you guys to go out if fifth well, I'm not even gonna say if you have any taste in bluegrass. Like I will tell you this, bluegrass is is growing and it's starting to make a slow comeback. We talk about that in the interview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so step out of your comfort zone, just in, in terms of music, and and give them a listen. Yeah, give them a listen. They're they're great. Uh, they're great people. Have great upbeat personalities and and fun to talk to. The interview was great. Yeah, it, it was it was, was fun. Fantastic. It was a good time. They're they're great people. So very. Very great people. So it, it was a good time. I'm I'm excited uh for this interview for you guys to listen just like every single one that we do, but this one especially, it, it was it was a fun one. Maybe it's because yeah. we took some time off and came back, but it, it was a good episode. Yes. It was a good
1: interview. Well, before we get to that episode, Cody, and since you just cracked open that beer, uh-huh. Uh what are you drinking to tonight? <sighs>
2: well, I'll take a swig to I didn't really think it out, but you know what? I, I want to take a swig tonight. It's it's impromptu, but I'm gonna take a swig to the mother in law and the new the new food truck. Yeah, you guys. Are I doing know well. before the end of season one, if that's what we're gonna call it, uh, we we had just. I think we were still working on the food truck then, mm-hmm. um, but now since we've opened, it's funny that we started off as like a burger truck. Um, just specialty burgers and things like that. But now Eric and I, my brother-in-law, <clears throat> we smoke pork shoulders.
1: Everybody's uh,
2: all, everybody is all about <laughs> Everybody's that. all about the pork shoulders now. So uh, we've slowly, we're, we still do burgers and we're definitely, we sell a lot of burgers. I'm mm-hmm. just saying uh, our pulled pork is, is where it's at. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Um, it's a so, good. Yeah. Big vouch. Yeah. Well, it's uh no, I want to take a drink to the old mother-in-law in HA Cafe. I feel like she works her butt off throughout the week, and Eric and I go and help her when we can on the weekends. And it's been fun. I've enjoyed it, man. It's it's a change-up. I know it's time-consuming, but it it's a good change-up, which I've always enjoyed working in food anyway. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed cooking for people. I've always enjoyed, um, you know, people's feedback on my food and things like that. So it, it's been a good time. It's been a good ride and, and got, you know, the – county fair coming up and we've got uh, the mothman festival coming up that we're Mm going to be at so you know i'm excited i'm excited to see where this goes and that's what i'm drinking to tonight cheers cheers to it brother all right i'm gonna throw it back at you yeah what you got brother
1: uh i'm gonna drink to uh my daughter's First birthday this first week, man.
2: Birthday on Friday. Yeah, first birthday party on Friday. Yeah,
1: no, that's her. It's on her birthday. Okay, I thought yeah, it she was. She turns one, so yeah. uh, pretty excited about that. She's been a little ball of fire for the past few months. She's yes, she has figuring out the whole walking thing, and she's yeah. full of personality. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited too, man. I mean, once Carson turned one and was wide open, it was. It's been fun ever since with him. So I can yeah. imagine. With her and having to, so. Double it up. Yeah, so. Double it up. up. I won't get too sappy or anything. Here's to but. you, Allie K. Allie K. All right, well, I guess uh, it's time for that interview. We hope you guys enjoyed as much as we did. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, so uh, enjoy Cody and Mary and Rachel of the Cody Norris Show.
2: So welcome back to another episode. Uh, Cody here with Gabe. We've got uh, Cody and Mary Rachel Norris with us from uh, the Cody Norris Show. And man, the what I did to find these people actually, I was just extremely lazy one night on TikTok, and I just <laughs> stumbled across it. But it.
3: Took a lot of effort.
2: <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, they just have some kind of original sound. I, I can't even put words to it. I sent it to Gabe and. and their, their brand's just fun, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we're here with, like I said, Mary Rachel and, and Cody. And, guys, thank
1: you for joining us. Yeah, thank,
0: thank you for having us. us. We appreciate it.
1: No problem. No problem. Um, so, well, like he said, he found you on TikTok, he sent you guys straight over to me. I mean, and then you guys. You guys are on my Spotify playlist now, so good. <laughs> um, but Maybe
3: it, everybody listening will add us too. I, That's so, true. I hope
1: so. Get you some more of those downloads. That's yeah. true. <laughs> um, so, so kind of tell us your guys' story. Tell us about uh, the Cody Norris Show. How you all got started and everything.
0: Well, um, about I um, see it's been about fifteen years ago now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of you know made up my mind. I was going to attempt attempt to venture venture into the music business, and certainly. Certainly not a, an easy task by by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was uh, when I was around seventeen, I got a got a just a golden opportunity to be the lead singer and guitar player on a fill in stint with Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys. So that Man. was really really neat. That's big. And um, once once that it kind of kind of ran its course over off and on about eighteen months. Um, I decided if I was ever going to you know attempt entertainment, that would surely be the time when I knew everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was. Um, that was just, an, you know, an honor to get to work around a lot of the, the people that I was around at that time. But we uh, once I once I started, of course, you know, when you leave something top tier and branch out on your own, you're no longer top tier by yeah. any means. Yeah. Uh, you're actually below the bottom. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's where we started. And um, it's it's been very, very good to me, uh, the especially the last several years. Uh, but I, I believe that's came a lot from from just the perseverance, I'm, I'm too stubborn to quit. Yeah, (laughs) So that kind of, you know, my background, I came from a tobacco farming family in East Tennessee, you know, hard work was the, of the utmost all the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm glad I had that because if I, if I hadn't had that kind of upbringing, I don't think there's anywhere in the world I'd have been able to hang in with it with the music business. It's a, you know, it's a rough life right? and, uh, it's very rewarding at times, but you know, what the, what the general public gets to see is certainly, you know, not the, not the, uh, The part of it that um, is, how do I say this? Maybe as, um, as pretty.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) So
0: just for lack of a better term. Yeah. But uh, love what we do. Um, We're able to uh, over the last five or six years put together what I feel like has been the, the Cody Norris A team right. and uh, some people that can really get the most out of me yeah. and that we can deliver a product to the public. That's, you know, something, something worth, worth listening to. Yeah. Right. And uh, so we, uh, we on a normal year, we play about 150 dates here throughout the U S and many uh, tours scheduled in Ireland, Germany, Austria, uh, uh, Norway, Norway, Uh, Lots of lots of good things coming our way, and got a got a brand new record out on Rebel Records, all Mm -hmm. suited up. Yeah, and that's done very very well for us this year. Debuted at number seven on Billboard. Yeah, I saw that that too. We're just just thankful as we can be. Yeah, yeah. as we can
2: be. I heard that. I heard that. Mary Rachel, give me a little insight there, girl. Like,
3: all right, so let me hear. I joined the band probably um, probably five years ago, I guess. Yeah, and. He, at the time he was eating a mandolin player, and uh, I didn't really know much about the mandolin. But I was like, okay, yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah. I had just left uh, Larry Sparks and the some Ramblers. But, um, I, I played with him a year, yeah, and so nice. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll try to I'll try to play mandolin. And he taught me some things, and um, and then about a year and a half after I kind of was getting the swing of that, his fiddle player Mike Fagan at the time uh, decided, well, I'm going to go um, go start my own thing, and we were very supportive over that, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going back to the fiddle." Definitely, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's where I've been ever since. And um, you'll hear me on "Love Bug" and a couple of the other songs on the CD. They um, we showcased the mandolin plan of that I can do, which right. isn't very much, but we um, we kind of brought that element in, and we keep that on stage too. We kind of mix up, and actually, all of us do. Um, our everybody in the band's very versatile. So, yeah. Mm-hmm so that's how I came into the picture yeah so
1: so you guys are with with those dates and everything like that like this is pretty much your guys full-time gig right
3: Uh, it is we uh, neither one of us until COVID hit had or had to or um, really wanted to do anything else music had you know taken priority and um, like you said with 120 shows we really couldn't find time to do anything else Um, and then as COVID started we've We've done, branched off and done some other things that have all been very, very successful so far, and uh, we've been blessed with that. But um, we own an Airbnb, nice. and that has been incredible. And then we started a painting business called the Paint It Fiddler, <laughs> and uh, we paint in, interior, exterior, we'll paint whatever. And that has gone just uh, above and beyond what our expectations were. And we're going to hopefully try to, try to continue that. But right, yeah, that's a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. yeah we, a lot of irons we've in got the fire. some other, yeah, we've got some other things up our sleeve right now that we're working on. Um, we're wanting to do a music festival here in mountain city. And, um, that's in the works so we're in the very basic stages of that
2: well you keep us in tune with that because gabe yes. and i may run down there i'm not lying <laughs> oh
3: yeah you'll have to yeah <laughs> you'll the families have to do a down podcast from there yeah, yeah we
2: we do some video stuff too
1: so you know i think that would be neat to yeah, heck yeah head down that way that's awesome that's yeah awesome. that's great um so with all that grinding and hard work you guys have been doing you guys you guys have gotten some pretty good recognition though i mean um i i did see the uh, Mom- momentum band finalist um yes, was, yes dry that. that's pretty awesome that. yeah <coughs> And then you guys had some nominations. Uh, what with spigma? With spigma, yeah, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, that, that's that's fantastic. That yeah, in, uh,
3: 2018, we got some. Uh, I think there were seven or eight nominations for spigma, and then the momentum band of the year this year for A.
1: right yeah so you guys are so. ma- making some noise in all the realms yeah in the yes. community that's definitely. great definitely so i mean you know we, we
0: actually about that's about all we get done is make noise i don't think you could really <laughs> call it anything else someday, But
1: noise, <laughs> yes. it's entertaining yeah. noise for it's what damn good
2: noise i'll tell you that <laughs> i like that noise uh you know oh, you guys me. said you know COVID made you guys um kind of put more irons in the fire but you know did is that what kind of uh got you guys on the I mean I saw you guys on YouTube doing like virtual concerts and you guys were doing the TikTok stuff I mean is that what covid had kind of pushed you guys to do to
0: well, it wasn't that it? it necessarily pushed us. It mm-hmm. didn't give us any other choice. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, typically we didn't never had time for anything like that. Right. Um, and until Mary Rachel came along, I had no even vague social media presence. No, right. Even no knowledge of that didn't care about it. Right. Of course. Uh, you know, as far as, you know, that type of interaction uh mainly i worked all the time yeah and didn't you know really didn't didn't have you always had people hired to do that but didn't as far as as far as actually i still don't i'm you know she she handles all that (laughs) stuff but uh anyway i'm i would be really lucky to call you sometimes but anyway uh but you're you're exactly right it it really it really pushed us in that direction to Mm -hmm. bring you know we want to stay connected with the fans and certainly the last thing you want is to be forgotten yeah and uh with, you know, people, everybody at home, it, everything that we did, especially uh, the the one kind of first push was our Farm and Funtime Noon show mm-hmm. through Radio Bristol. Have either of you guys caught that yet? No, no I, haven't, I haven't caught I haven't that, caught that yet. yet. Okay, every Friday from noon to noon 30, we do the Farm and Funtime Noon show through the Birthplace of Country Music at Radio Bristol's mm-hmm. Facebook page. Okay. And uh, prior to that time, we actually recorded those in studio. And uh, the Farm and Funtime Noon show is one of the oldest radio shows in America that's where the Stanley brothers got their start, Lester Flat Earl Sprugs, mm-hmm. Mac Wiseman, and it was a, line, a whole lot of other people, and that's yeah. in Bristol. Yeah, and uh, that that show was huge in the '40s. It was huge. The coverage area went, you know, from Pennsylvania to Georgia. I mean, yeah. it was really, really huge. And uh, so, anyway, we're so happy to be working with those guys. And uh, Chris Trulson there at Radio Bristol just been wonderful. And when we weren't mm-hmm. able to get in studio. We opted for the Facebook option right? and it's just grown exponentially and many weeks hits a hundred thousand views. So yeah. we're tickled with that. Yeah.
3: That started, um, they had actually signed us on to do like the in studio thing. And we did that for a year, I think. Um, yes, a year exactly. we would go in every Friday, um, into the studio and just do like a radio show. Yeah. And then when COVID hit, they were like, all right, we got to keep this going. So we did it, you know, from our house and, um, we, our house is kind of vintage in a good way. It's yeah. and actually an old house anyways, built in 1861. Wow. Um, but we've kind of gotten like like our hallway is music themed and then like each room is like a different theme. Um and we we really didn't know we would be using it as much, but we we've, we've used it a lot. Yeah. yeah. And um you'll see some of our TikTok videos or everything we've done on TikTok has been in a different part of our house. Oh,
2: really? I and so
3: yeah. Um, and so we, we were doing the, uh, farm and fun time show and then they were like, let's do it from the house. So we did that and it was growing and growing and growing. And actually during that time, the first couple of shows, we didn't even have a bass player. Um, because we were, our, our old bass player had left us and we were hiring a new one and he was still in high school. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so we were waiting for him to graduate and move to mountain city and so you'll see a lot of those first shows, episodes of Farm and Fun Time. We didn't, it was a three piece. Right. And um, they were, they were very, um, I don't know what the word would be, but they. Unique. Were, yeah, they were, <laughs> they were unique, but they were very homespun and yeah. people loved that. Yeah. And uh, they got to see a side of us that, you know, you wouldn't get to be in pe- most people's houses, right. you know, yeah. to see them play. Definitely. And we, we did some in the kitchen in front of our old stove and, Long story short, we did that for a while. And then um some of the, the guys in the band they were like, we need to do some TikTok videos. And I had been kind of um reluctant because of all the TikTok stuff that everybody yeah. says you shouldn't do. And yeah. so I was like, Ah, let's let's just wait. Well then finally one day I was like, let's just do it. We're yeah. all on TikTok all the time looking right. around and um it just it kind of just grew from there. So we've been trying to keep our online presence um Higher than normal, yeah. you know, especially with, with COVID. Yeah. So,
2: well, you know, you reached two right here from Tech Talk. I'll tell you that right good. now. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> we, in pleasant. yeah. The, uh,
3: we did a homecoming show off on another track real quick. We did a homecoming show uh, last weekend here in Mountain City. We usually do it every May, but COVID pushed it back to July this year. And um, there was, it was a sold out crowd, 400 people, but there were more kids and not kids, but teenage people. Um, 20s, early 30s, you know, that age group yeah. um in the crowd and they were there not with their parents, not with their grandparents. They were right. there on their own yeah. Yeah. and the, I can only guess that they came through TikTok and, you know, I didn't get to talk to a lot of them, but they, um, it's awesome seeing that in the crowd yeah. and you know, cause we've got to, we've got to bring as many of those people our age, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 25, but uh, people, my age to this, this music is just going to die off. No,
2: I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I, I think
0: bluegrass is kind of resurging.
3: Yeah. It anyway. is. yeah. It's yeah. I,
0: I really it think is it is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, um, and we're
0: so tickled to kind of, kind of be at the forefront yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Definitely. And, and I, and I oh. you know, no, I, I'm 30, you know, and I'm, uh, I, I listen to it frequently, uh um, right, right. I, I see, you know, ever since I started watching and liking your all's videos, more bluegrass stuff is popping up on my TikTok feed. Oh, yeah. So finding new stuff. I'm, I'm getting yeah. new you know, I'm getting <laughs> stuff every day when I'm on there. So
1: yeah, you know, it's I, I think bluegrass is definitely making a comeback. Oh, I think so. Uh,
3: I think so too.
1: Yeah, I and which I mean I'm not a bluegrass purist. Like I like new grass just as much as I like true grass.
3: Right myself.
1: Right. Um, I mean anything from the Stanley Brothers all the way up to Town Mountain and then like the style right. that you guys bring in, like so I, on, I, yeah. I like all that. But I mean, I, I do like the brand that you guys have in definitely. Um, here in Point Pleasant, uh, for a couple of years, 2020 killed it. Um, we we had started a blue, uh, we were in the beginning phases of starting a bluegrass festival here in conjunction with another one, um, and through that and us like organizing everything through that, like we really saw how tight knit like the bluegrass community is. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, even to like the legends. Like how right. everybody knew the legends, and the legend knew the the small town guys.
3: Yeah, right.
1: Because I mean, e- even in Point Pleasant, like uh, Jonathan McClanahan, uh, there's a guy that yeah. is like a master Luther. Um, yeah. Over in is, yeah, no, he's in Tennessee, I, I think. Like Tennessee. Um, uh, he's from our hometown, and I, I oh, had okay. no clue about that until we started this, and he got mm-hmm. involved to kind of help us get a <laughs> few bands here and there. And I mean,
0: there was a uh, there was a fiddle player the Stanley Brothers had from Point Pleasant. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Their oh, last shoot. one, I think, mm-hmm. Don Miller.
1: Yeah, 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 no, that's right, and then, um, let's see, uh, one of the grass schools, one of the guys with the grass schools, he's, uh, he's at least married to someone from here, yeah. I think, so oh, I can okay. yeah, Shane. Yeah, the, um,
3: that's one of the reasons why we're trying to, like, start a festival, and um, we're going to be doing this all based off, you know, strictly the Cody North Show Presents, um, and yeah. because we're, we're to the point where, you um, it is coming back and it is to the, it, the older people are still coming out, but the younger kids are too. And they like the fact that they can come and camp for the weekend and yeah. do all that. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, they might get to go be in a jam with somebody. They, it, it's just like it was back in the, uh, what year would you say that? The 50, when the they, 60s. 60s. Yeah. Whenever it started, it's just, yeah. it's just coming right back. And um, we hope that we can kind of be in the, forefront of that too so i can tell you one
2: thing i i love your all's vibe and i love what you're doing the uh so i want to talk for a second about the about the get up so (laughs) that's what that's what catches my eye you guys need to fill me in on whose idea it was with the get up and and the and the rhinestones and everything like i i love it i love it
0: i have i've always um and it's not an ego thing at all no Um, i've always the the whole flashy dressing thing not just in business and you know and my personal life, my, my everyday button ups are the, all these wild paisley, you know, random patterns. Um, I was, um, early on, um, I I was always a person that, you know, if any scenario I was in, I don't know how, but I would get thrown into something with some, some leadership. I don't know how that happened. Like even back in You know, like in elementary school, like if there was a – in 4-H, I was always an officer in 4-H and this or that. Yeah. And it was always because I dressed. People paid attention. Right. And I I don't know where that came from. I mean, from when I was a little bitty boy, I'd want to wear a suit and a tie. And, you know, uh, I'd spend, you know, all week in a pair of bib overalls working. But if I got to get cleaned up and go out and do anything, I wanted to look like somebody. Right, definitely. So – it, uh, at the time I started, you know, bringing more of the flashy stuff to my show, uh, I realized early on the value of visual entertainment. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, everybody, as human beings, uh, if someone's a fan of ribeye steaks, if you go to a restaurant and the ribeye is purple with yellow per- polka dots, it may be the best ribeye in the world, but yeah. you're not going to buy it because of the way it looks. You right. don't have any interest. Yeah. So um, all, my, all my heroes in country music, you know, and I am a big Westerns fan. So Roy Rogers, Sheen Arthur, you know, all these guys dress so good and so flashy. Yeah. So I thought that's ne- that's been done in country music, but it's never been done in Bluegrass. I'm right. gonna give it a whirl. The first six months I did that, I literally about got laughed out of the business I by to you. the other all my peers. Right. Yeah. Not by the fans. Right. Yeah. Not by the fans. Um they loved it. They mm-hmm. loved it. And I, I put so much emphasis into that. Um I probably have as much invested in my wardrobe as I do my, uh, Mary Rachel, any house we've ever bought. We've got more in the wardrobe than we do that. I right. guarantee it, don't we? Probably so. You know, between, you know, the boots are custom made, the suits are custom made, the hats are custom made, the whole mm-hmm. ball of wax. Yeah. And uh, if you're going to do it, do it right. That's oh, what I heard I that, brother. I, and I, here's, here's the reason. I owe my fans that much. They... When when they buy a ticket, yeah. when they buy a ticket, I wanna I wanna to be sure when they leave there that they're getting their money's worth. Yeah. I want them to. That's what I want. Definitely. And you know, to me, it's more than music in a show. And I tell anybody when I hire them in the bottom of my contract, our mission statement: I want to make a memory. Yeah. And I want people, when they see this old fat boy, I don't want them to ever forget him. Right. Don't want them to ever forget. You may not remember a song I sang. You might not remember my name. You yeah. might not remember anything I do, but you'll remember that fat boy in that rhinestone suit. I heard that. You ain't going to forget that.
2: That's right. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, I haven't forgotten it. That's no, for sure, no. man. That's, uh, that's stuck with me since I saw you guys. And, and I think that's a great, that's a great thing to go by. And and the fact that all of you uh, jumping to get up and have at it, I, th- I think that's great. I do.
0: And I, I've got, I've got the greatest band in the world when it comes to just being, you know, they're, they're completely coherent with what I've got going. They want to do what I want to do. And uh, when you've got a, that good core team,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. You,
0: you can make, Hey, you can make it, you can make it roll when you got that good core team. And if you don't, it's like pushing a log chain.
1: Yeah. So I, I do kind of want to talk about, because we were talking about the resurgence of uh, bluegrass and the, the growing re- relevance of it, uh, especially among younger generations. What do you guys attribute that to other than social media? Like there's got to be something, because I, I, I've been a bluegrass fan since I was a teenager. And I, I,
0: I really feel, um, and this is, you know, from talking um, to younger folks. At, and let me say, this is the first time in my entire career that I can go to, Events where I play and see people my age and younger, mm-hmm. you know, to actually yeah. converse with. I yeah. mean, I, I'm we're not used to that at all.
3: Right. Yeah. Um,
0: I grew up around a lot of older people, you know, be especially you know, being born in the mountains and everybody in the mountains living to be a hundred and twelve. Um, you usually, you know, I, I, I everybody <laughs> I grew up with were from a completely different yeah. time. Right. And uh, you know, I had lots of great, great people, you know, in my family that were still alive when yeah. I was a kid, and. So naturally it was very comfortable in bluegrass with, you know, being around all the, all the, the, the senior age fans. But now it's not that way. Um, we were really worried for a while because nobody was replacing them. The numbers at the shows were down. Right. It's not that way right now. And I really feel like the, that the big part of the resurgence comes from, you know, if we play um, a college campus, if we play, you know, a, a, an Americana-type music festival, mm-hmm. I really feel that, you know, the, the younger crowd, they're mainly because, uh, and I'm, I don't, I I guess the best way to say this is just to really just come out and say it. I, maybe they're searching for something in its pure form because pretty much everything nowadays is sugar-coated in some way, shape, or form. Everything.
2: That is true. I would uh, agree with that. And,
0: you know, in that. Genuine. Uh, and yes. They, they're seeking that genuine, wherever yeah. it is, that real deal. And I think that they get that from, you know, from the bluegrass and the old time music. It's something pure. It's, un you know, it's, it's never, you know, really been changed up. It's never been. And when they see something, it's the real deal. They attach to it. They want to right. be part of it. Right. And I mean, this is people, you know, not just in America. I mean, you know, everywhere, numerous countries where our fan base overseas is just building up wonderfully. And I yeah. think that's what it's from because it's something pure it's, and it's something real.
2: Yeah. And like you said, it's genuine. Cody, what, What do you guys and Mary Rachel, you got, you can, you can jump in on this too. What do you guys attribute your, your love for music? I mean, where did your music start? Uh, I mean, was it, I mean, I've talked to some, uh, people before that, that, you know, started with a grandparent or something like that. Others, they just picked it up and started with it. What do you guys attribute that love for music to?
3: Well, you know, I really can't say it was one thing or another. Um, I, I kind of me and Cody have completely different backgrounds of how we started playing music. Right. Um, just a little rundown. I actually started playing the violin and just a classical thing through school right And um, then from there I, I kind of really I didn't disrespect classical music. It just wasn't my like my thing right like, I, Nobody in my family had ever been around it, you know. Um, and, and so my dad started taking me to bluegrass festivals. And I found a fiddle teacher, and that's how I started, you know, getting more involved into the industry and stuff. And um, then from there, I guess the place that I really kind of saw the light for, you know, lack of a better term was – and this is where I met Cody. So I guess I really saw the light then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, was a festival called uh, Jerusalem Ridge in Rosine, Kentucky, uh-huh. uh, which is the home place of Bill Monroe. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that was broadcasted on RFD TV throughout the world. And it, it really became like every year we would go. And the reason why I guess it was such a big deal to me is because I got to be around all the greats. And right. um, at the time, you know, a yeah. lot of them had already died off, but um the greats of that time I was around on and I was just kind of like one of them, even though I wasn't. Right, And, um, I just started playing and wanting to play more, wanting to be around it more. So I started going to festivals. And then from there it just kind of took off. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say it would be one thing, you know, or another, but it was, it was more or less that festival. that kind of geared me into wanting to play more bluegrass. So
0: definitely my, um, my earliest musical recollections. My dad, um, a big, big music fan in general. Um, everything you know, growing up, I probably, as far as stuff I would hear recorded wise, it would go from like Bill Monroe and the Stanley Brothers to those Ark Mountain Daredevils to CCR to Led Zeppelin. My yeah. dad listened to everything, yeah. right? And but. Um, living in northeastern Tennessee, we were only about an hour from two of the best bluegrass festivals ever. One of those was Slagle's Pasture in Elizabethan, Tennessee, and the other one was Ralph Stanley's Festival in McClure, Virginia. And every year in the summertime, we would always go to those. We never missed them. Those, right. those were important dates. We always went. Um, once I got um, growing up a little bit, and like I say, my family, we were tobacco farmers. And uh, my great uncle... He had this 79 Chevy El Camino, and that's what I learned to drive in when I was just like five or six years old. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I remember many times, many trips from the field to the barn, hauling the tobacco back and forth. There was an eight-track player in that car that was the Stanley Brothers' 16 greatest hits. It was stuck. It wouldn't come out. It'd play over and (laughs) over and over and over and you know how those things are like four or five channels and it would go from, you know, channel to channel. Yeah. And it would, I re, it, I remember those songs so vividly. And that really, you know, it really stuck in my mind. And when I was up about nine years old, there's some people that went to church with my mom and dad. They had a little gospel group and my dad bought a mandolin off of them. And um, I, at that point, I wanted to learn to play everything. Right. Now, mm-hmm. the same great uncle who owned the El Camino. And I've got that car, by the way. I restored it and nice. I oh, wow. still drive it. I drive it all the time. But uh, the eight-track player's gone. But anyway, right. that's a shame.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> the, but that, that same uh, that same uncle and his brother, they didn't play any music, but they had music instruments around. Right, so banjo and a guitar, and you know, shoved up behind a dresser or under the bed. Yeah, never yeah. in tune, never adequate amount of strings. But I was always mm-hmm. beating on those, making racket. Right, and um, really had that interest. And I'll be honest, you know. At that point, uh, I've never been wa- – I didn't lose my – you know, when you're a kid, a little kid wants to do everything. You want to play ball. You want to go – you want to do everything. I never lost that interest from that point. Mm-hmm. I, I literally probably knew by the time I was 12 years old that I wanted to be an entertainer for a living.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I just – I don't know. I, it's just – it engulfs you. Um, I feel like every human being has a purpose in life, everybody. Right. And I – some people never find it because they do what they want to do, not what they're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. And I found out real, you know, real quick. Once I got into the music business, that's where I was supposed to be. And I enjoy it. It's been a, been a, excuse me, been an adventurous life. Um, it's not been easy by any means, right. but it's been very, very good to and me. And tiresome. It's been very, very good to me. Yeah. <laughs> tiresome. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No,
1: you're fine. no, uh, no, I totally understand. I mean, you guys were in Iowa like what a day ago? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. not even that long. We were. Uh, we got to. I told him yeah, we got to Bowling Green. What ten o'clock yesterday yeah. morning? He drove all night, and I laid in the bed and yeah. was like, "Man, I wish I could help him drive." And then I'm like, "No, I don't. No, <laughs> don't. <yeah. laughs>
2: you got to, Cody. Yeah, I just,
0: I just
3: laid back there.
0: Bus drivers are always in short supply. Yeah, they're always in short supply.
1: Yeah." <laughs> I was going to see, uh, Cody, did you actually go to auctioneer school? Because, uh, the bluegrass auctioneer, that, that was pretty solid. That was pretty solid. I gotta say.
0: I did, I did go to auctioneer school, but not when you would think. I actually just went in January. <laughs> no oh kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, and that was a, um, uh, an ultimatum from my lovely wife. Um, I had time to go, never would have had time again. Right. And, uh, There was actually the best auctioneer school in the world in Bowling Green, Kentucky, Kentucky auction Academy. I learned so much there. Um, actually what I learned the most of is how much stuff I really didn't know. Yeah. And, uh, so that was, you know, that was, that was a good eye opening time and, uh, we, uh, excuse me again.
1: No, you're fine. fine.
0: That was, um, let's see the middle part of middle part of January. And, um, don't know if i'll ever have the opportunity to use that but uh i'll be working on it as soon, as soon as i i get the opportunity
3: we but the bluegrass auctioneer the song he actually has been doing that for 15 years yeah. or so that right? so that's kind of what gave me i was like all right uh we're going to take advantage of this downtime and you're going to you know at least do something we want it to do and we both want it him to do that for a while we've just not had time and so um we definitely took advantage of this year and did a lot of things we normally don't get to do so
1: yeah that's good that's good good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i got a little parrot here on the lab
3: (laughs) that's awesome
1: Uh, he likes to hop on with us um so uh we don't want to keep you much longer or anything like that you need to rest up and stuff but uh one question we like to ask all of our guests every time we at least remember, yeah. um, because uh, we are all, all right. about uh, promoting Appalachian the good stuff of Appalachian. What does it mean to you all to be Appalachian?
0: I am I am beyond uh, proud of my heritage. Um, I I really feel blessed, and especially in all my in all my travels, uh, you know, all over the world, I feel blessed to be from where I'm from, and especially you know in a small community uh, where values still matter. Uh, where your word still Daddy. means something. Um, I'm really, really big on that. and um, I, I I just feel very, very blessed and fortunate to have you know grown up in the mountains, understand you know the the simple things in life, but more importantly to appreciate those things right. and mm-hmm. uh, although the you know the other things that the world has to offer, mm-hmm. you know have been have been great for me. it's um I still enjoy coming back to my roots, keeping my roots. And, uh, there was a, um, a doctor once from Johnson city, Tennessee bluegrass. Uh, he and I really got close and, um, uh, he sat me down once and told me, uh, now this is a fellow he'd written books. He had, you know, taught college. He'd done all these things. Yeah. And, um, he told me one thing to promise him that I would never do. And, To change anything about my dialect the way I talk nothing don't change anything and uh because you know I told him you know going in business I probably need to because I I had a concern of this you know where people don't take me serious I'm just a you know a a hick from the sticks in Mountain City Tennessee and uh he made it a point you know to be don't ever change don't be genuine always be and I took that and you know I've had literally had people in you know, on Broadway in New York, walk up to me and just want to hear me talk. Yeah, yeah. and I and I'm not ashamed of that. Of I mean, they not. may be getting a kick out of it, but I, I'm not ashamed of that anyway, shape or form. Uh, love, love my heritage, love where I come from, but more importantly, I appreciate it to the utmost. Yeah, yeah definitely.
2: Mary Rachel, what about you? What does it uh, What does it mean to be Appalachian to you, girl?
3: <laughs> well, I think Cody pretty much summed it up. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm not born and raised uh in these in these mountains over here but right um they have accepted me and that's that's one cool thing about it there's we have a lot of people moving from um the north from the south from everywhere to mountain city and it's very very neat um how accepting the the people are for the for the most part right. you know um we don't like it when people move here and or let me say they don't like it when they people move here and try to change change everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, because obviously you're moving here to be a part of what we have and yeah. that was one of the reasons why I moved here. Um I loved what Mountain City and the rest of this um this part of the world, you know, and so on had had to mm-hmm. offer and yeah. um like I said they, it's been very uh very good for me. My family loves it down here. I haven't gotten them to move yet, but they they do love it down here right. so. Um, but it's very accepting, and um, the people are, are genuine and, and down to earth.
2: Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. Guys, we, uh, and that's been a reoccurring theme from a lot of our guests from the area. Mm-hmm. Even guests, guests we've had that uh, have moved from other places into Appalachia that may not be Appalachian in terms of mm-hmm. grown, born, and raised here. But uh, that's been a reoccurring theme is how accepting, you know, Appalachians oh, are, are and things like that. That's, that's been a reoccurring yeah. theme. But, guys, and, uh, go ahead.
3: No, and I was going to say it's it just it's it's kind of uh, heartwarming, you know, because we, like you said, we travel across the country and uh, a lot of places you go, the people are still great people, but they're the hospitality kind of comes second, and yeah. here that comes first, right. and um, that I know we're not really the South South so so to speak, but um, we have a lot of that Southern hospitality, Definitely. Um and I I just love that
0: when I first left home, uh, <laughs> I didn't understand the fact of you know every living human being that even got within sight distance of where i grew up um you fed them you gave them you know a glass of water you gave them a glass of milk you um i'm talking perfect strangers Mm -hmm. you you know that was that was just how i grew up definitely and one of my first trips i won't call the state or the city that i went to i stopped to ask a guy for directions and he chewed me up and spit me out. Wow. And in my, you know, where I'm from, uh, if you stop and ask somebody for directions, you're going to go in the house and we eat dinner, dinner with them. With them yeah. The yeah. Market, <laughs> yeah, You know, and of course, in where I live, dinner served at 12 o'clock in the day. You know? Yeah.
2: Oh, I and, heard that. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So we, uh, it was, it was, it was definitely a, a reality check and a culture shock for me. Uh, When I found out that the whole rest of the world, you know, wasn't like where I was accustomed to. But that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. That's what makes us so uh, unique. That's what makes it so unique where I'm so privileged to be from. Definitely.
2: Definitely. I love that. That That was a good answer. Yeah. That was solid. That was solid, guys. Very heartfelt good um so guys we we don't want to keep you too long we know you're you're busy and and we just thank you all for coming in definitely uh cody mary yeah. rachel either one of you all throw your plugs out there instagram tiktok throw it out there real quick so our listeners can uh yeah. can check y'all out
3: all right so they can they can check us out on instagram and twitter and facebook uh, the Cody Norris show, and then our website is the show.com. So everything's the Cody Norris show,
0: and remember now that's Cody with a K. Anything else would be sodium. I wouldn't want them to get confused. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I need to change my name tomorrow, then.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to yeah. change
2: my name tomorrow. Uh,
3: but anyways, yeah, they can check us out, and um, even TikTok, the Cody Norris show. We have YouTube we're trying to build that up. Um, we've got some things in the works like I told you with the festival and we're across going to be cross country for for the rest of the year and
0: oh for the rest of the year yeah, put it yeah, in yeah. uh, <laughs>
3: definitely this year our calendar is booking up for next year already so uh, we play festivals, churches um, birthday parties, weddings, divorces, whatever, whatever <laughs> Everything. There. everything.
2: Yeah. everything. <laughs> well guys if you guys get a chance and once once the uh once the finishing touches are done on that music festival you send gabe and i some information for it you'll definitely. have to be there and, and we'll be Heck down yeah. there i promise you that
3: yeah
2: i promise all right, you well,
3: that you so. send us, hey, uh, even
0: if you don't come for that y'all come see me yeah. sometime. That's okay, invitation.
2: Hey, I might take him anytime. is your now i i heard you guys say you had the airbnb is that near you all
3: yes it's actually it um it's it's actually kind of crazy the house that i was saying about built in 1861 we bought that and restored it over a three-year period because we were on the road and uh we got married there we didn't want to move into it until we got married mm-hmm. and um that was in 2000 september of 2019 we moved in in november um, after getting done touring and stuff for the year and then COVID hits in hmm. February of twenty twenty. So we move out and we have it um we do Airbnb with that historic house. And even if you are there on Fridays, you get to be a part of our farm and fun time noon show as a live audience. Oh, and that's so, awesome. Um, if if you rent it, you know, with the Friday morning there. So and while
0: we're at it, we might as well put in a pitch for that too. Yes. Check out yeah. the R.H. Donnelly <laughs> Estate in Mountain City, Tennessee. There you Dude go. Check
3: it
1: out. R.H. Donnelly.
0: That's well, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm writing it down. <laughs> 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 um, yep. uh, me and, and my wife, we only you do If You'll
3: have to stay there. Oh yeah, heck
2: yeah. yeah. we'll we'll shoot yeah. you guys a message when we're down there. And, and look, uh, we're
3: only we're only 15 miles from the Virginia Creeper Trail, which is a bike trail. Yeah. We're only 15 miles from. Um, b- well, about. 20 miles 25 miles from boone north carolina yeah. right uh, so we're in the middle of everything y'all yeah. i
0: live 30 minutes from anywhere so come see me there
2: we go there we go guys <laughs> right. we appreciate you all coming on and, and man we wish you guys the best of luck you guys are just, thank
3: you for having us the
2: positivity y'all radiate is is beyond uh beyond anything so i'll tell you that i I a lot I mean, Wish you all good luck.
0: very much. Thank you so much, and I look forward to getting to meet both of you. Yeah. Definitely. Again, don't hesitate to come see me. I'll treat you so many ways you got to like Hey, one of them. I heard that. <laughs> I heard we'll that. We'll take you
1: up on that, man.
2: Guys, all thank right. you very much. Take, care. take see care. See you. Bye.
3: Bye-bye.
1: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh interview. Yeah, it, it was uh it,
2: it's there's just a theme there of just somebody following their dreams.
1: Oh, 100%.
2: The line that stuck out to me was just like, you know, there are people that that I, you know, Cody had said himself that you know, people are put on this earth to to do something. And they have a purpose. They have a purpose to do something. And that really dude, that stuck with me. Yeah. He was like, some people do what they want to do mm-hmm. and they they don't do what they're supposed just to, to do. do. Yeah. And that's that's deep that's, if you really sit and think about it,
1: man. It, oh, 100%. That, that hit me kind of hard, too. Yeah. Or heavy, heavier than I expected. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's a very good point. It's very deep. It's yeah. very deep. So,
2: so
1: no. If, if there's a lesson, take that from the interview. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, they uh, – it, it was a great interview with, with a lot of great points made and, and yeah. you know, just – the appreciation for being Appalachian. I know I know Mary Rachel isn't, you know, wasn't born and raised here, but she she has this appreciation for the area. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. And and for the people that, that look out for her. And I think it is, you know, we've said it in a million of our episodes, it seems mm-hmm. like we've said it a million times that, you know it, it's an Appalachian thing that we just accept you for who you are and, and yeah. you come in and Great.
1: it's not like everywhere else in the United States, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And Cody also pointed that out, too. He did. Nah, But, man, we're appreciative of, uh, number one, their music. Number two, their friendliness. And number three, for the fact that they came on to the show. Yeah, and four, for their uh, Airbnb. Yeah, I'm checking that out. R.H.
2: Donnelly was, if you guys get a chance, you need to look up R.H. Donnelly Mm -hmm. uh, on Airbnb because this place. It's fantastic. uh, Yes, yeah. Like,
1: I think I'm going to go ahead and book something. We're hitting that up. Yeah. We're hitting that up. But uh, be sure that you guys check them out on Spotify. Give them some downloads. Check out their music. I, like Especially if you are a Bluegrass fan, this is yeah. very good, true Bluegrass. If you're not a Bluegrass fan, check out some of their videos. See the show that they do put on yeah. on YouTube and whatnot. Follow so, on TikTok. TikTok you want a short yeah. snippet of it? Yeah. Go check you know. it out on TikTok. Definitely. I, I keep forgetting about TikTok because I'm old and stuff. Well, you have TikTok. So. I know, but.
2: No, no, I, I agree.
1: I agree. But anyways, that's been fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, with this being the first episode of Season 2, mm-hmm. we've decided to uh, bring on a uh, new segment. Hey. What? Mind Your Business. Titled, Mind Your Business. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like genuinely concerned. Like, like, what? what? <laughs> no, so Mind Your Business is a segment that um, we want to put spotlight on a small business that we've come across crossed that in some corner of Appalachia yeah. because I think it's it's our duty as uh locals to yeah. just keep in mind small business right and and sometimes these businesses may not be just
2: you know your your small town small business uh, they may be no. businesses that you know are flourishing and they may be bigger than small business but still yeah. locally Something kind of like yeah like, locally family owned mm-hmm. you know still making a killing so uh this was this was a this was fun to sit and stew on for a minute in it terms was. of uh, mind your business. So yeah. Gabe, I'll ask you, what business are you minding
1: tonight? I am minding Jordan's Deli in Falling Waters, West Virginia. So I came across this, a, a, a fellow that I knew had shared a, a post from them. Um, and it's a, it's a cool business. Um, and it's, the epitome of Appalachia in my mm-hmm. eyes, because it's a business that takes care of others. Yeah. Um, so just just real quick, it's, it's a deli, like I said, in, in uh, here in West Virginia, over just north of uh, Martinsburg, um, and kind of their mission, um, Jordan's Deli. And this is from their website. Website, Jordan's Deli was founded to be a place of welcome and employment for those with special needs. Our special friends work in an environment of complete inclusion, equal pay, and equal job responsibilities. Their work provides a true benefit and we are stronger because of their contributions. We are a business who strives to provide an exceptional level of guest service and deliver on the promise of a five-star meal every time. We're proud of the quality of the food we prepare and invite you to ask for a sample. Our products are made when you order them with each member of our team working to earn your loyalty every visit. I'd seen that
2: um, on on the front page of, of Reddit.
1: Well, that's what you had said. Like, yeah. that blows my mind. I mean, was it was it that same post that I shared you or it did, was they just
2: where the 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 post that I'd seen on Reddit was the young lady that was working. Her grandfather had come in and built kind of like a perch for her.
1: Yeah. That yeah. was in the wheelchair for yeah. her to sit on and so and, she could and cook. cook. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was kind of her dream. Yeah. And I mean, what what a fantastic service and business. Yeah. For their community. No, I agree. Especially within, like, the special needs and then um, uh, the folks that may have a disability. Yeah. Uh, just a physical disability. I right. mean, that's something that I think folks should really take a hard look at trying to bring to their community. Right. To be honest. I agree. Um, I mean, looking at reviews, their food's delicious. Yeah. Um, and, and whatnot. But, like, just the overall mission is so much greater than just the idea of a small business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Taking care of folks... Folks that are marginalized, typically, traditionally. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it was how many years ago today that they signed the ADA? Oh Americans, with Dis- Americans with Disability Act. Yeah. I think that was in 1990. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't really plan this, but now that it just hit me. No, you're right.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, but, you know, thinking about what you had just said in terms of, you know, helping people, like, these people are, are helping us out yeah uh we're you know they're doing what 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 should be done they're working a job to to make you know to make money and, and yeah,
1: they they, they want to do be, things
2: they enjoy you know like the young lady that that was uh yeah that was they, cooking for,
1: for her they're, they're holding their own and, and that's the way it needs to be yeah uh, they, want, they want to kind of follow their dreams and what they want to do and they want to be a part of society yeah. they i mean you I don't really know how else to describe. Well, and, like, I, and I think in that regard,
2: they well, they want to work. They let, want let's to, take a look at, at COVID nineteen in a holistic point of view. You know, who was open?
1: Restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Like who was taking the, care
2: the, of us? It was the, you know, it, it wasn't the lobbyists and it wasn't the the big business owners, nah. the the corporate, you know, sector of things. It was it was the the little guy that that kept us rolling. Yeah. You know that that. Showed up to work every day and did their job and and did things the way they should have the way that things should have been and and i feel like it goes underappreciated at yeah. times you know yeah. for for people that uh do show up and do their job and and you know for for this place to do this for for people that that uh, are struggling or or may um have some disabilities that that's dude and the fact that it's in west virginia is is big for me yeah you know are I mean? just because well
1: biased opinion yeah we're from west we're from here but <laughs> i i love it i do i love it 100 and we'll put some links to their stuff in our show notes as well yeah um just to kind of push their their stuff out too so what about you man With i my, think mind your business yeah I, I think i think the business i want to highlight
2: tonight is uh which it's it's not a small business i mean it is it, it's locally owned um it's Hillbilly Hot Dogs from Lesage, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonny and Sherry Classic. are the owners of Hillbilly Hot Dogs, and and the the coolest thing about this place was that they just built it on Route Two, which is like, I mean, if you see if you go to Hillbilly Hot Dogs today, you know you would see all these extravagant. Extra, 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 I don't want to say extravagant because it's not fancy, but like you would see it's eclectic. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but when it first opened, it was literally like a twelve by sixteen shack that's crazy that they just slung hot dogs out of. Yeah. Um, and this, this guy just followed his dream of, of wanting to serve people and do his thing. And, and now they've added school buses. They've added just, I, it's it it's, last time we went there, which let's say just probably about 25, 30 minutes away from our house. So the last time my wife and I went there, they had like this kitty shack up on the Hill where it had all these kids toys just, but, But it has its own spin. It it is hillbilly hot dogs, and and,
1: it does kind of follow that hillbilly stereotype. Yeah, it does. It does,
2: but it's—I don't know how to explain it. It's It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like at the, the, you know, kids could go up and play with old used Tonka toys up in the dirt if they wanted to. Like, Mm -hmm. but the food there is is killer. Like, Food Network's been there. The Travel Channel's been there. Like.
1: A Multitude of times, yeah. Um,
2: what what is their hot dog?
1: The home wrecker, yeah. The home wrecker, home wrecker. Why'd oh, you they, do that at me? Cause that's what they say
2: <laughs> on diners, <laughs> I dives, I and driving. I didn't know that. Diners, drive-ins, and dives, by the way. Yeah, moment. whatever, but, yeah, whatever know. guy. I wasn't expecting you to scream at me like that. <laughs> um, but it's it's so cool. You <laughs> know, you go in, you eat. Uh, if you tip them, they'll sing you a song, and, mm. and if you don't tip them, they will also sing you a song. It's just not as nice as when you do tip them. <laughs> um, but, no, I want to highlight that business. I feel like if you go through Lesage, West Virginia, which is, like, extremely, extremely small. Like, there's nothing around this place. It's, so yeah. like, it's just it's Hot Dogs. Unincorporated. Yeah.
1: It's just an
2: area along the Route Highway. Two. Highway. Yeah. You, you, I mean, obviously, you can't miss it. They have a couple – School buses there, but the coolest thing is, (laughs) you go as much
1: of a a roadside attraction as it is, (laughs) it really is. And there's
2: always a ton of bikers there from like you know motorcyclists,
1: always. Well, we drove by on Sunday just coming back from Home Depot, yeah. And holy crap, yeah, there was at least 40 to 50 people in like in line, yeah.
2: We we stayed in line, my wife and I, and you know, a lot of people. Uh, growing up, I remember my parents always saying like, oh, "I don't want to eat there. It just doesn't look clean." Like da da da. But like my thing is, it's clean. It's definitely it's clean, not dirty. or else it wouldn't be open. <laughs> yeah. It looks dirty from the outside, well, but like that's the that's the that's the, the niche the, that they're going yeah. after. You know what I mean? It's it's hillbilly. It's it's what they do. Um, but it's no different than just going into a hole yeah. oh, in the wall restaurant in the middle of a city. Not at all.
1: Like once you go inside, you're just like, oh, like wow, it's decorated. But like you sit down, like it's. Clean tables, yeah. clean floors. Yeah, so. I've eaten I've eaten way you've dirtier, eaten? I've eaten in uh-huh. way worse fast <laughs> food. do too. me too. Me like, too. <laughs> like, like you look around and there's like, yeah. this, like molded fries on the floor. Like oh, yeah. Flies flying around. I've yeah. never seen a fly in hillbilly hot dogs. No. And ha- most of it's outdoor seating. Yeah. Um,
2: anyway. So it, it's good food, good beer, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's a really cool spot to go to. I love the story. And, and I had just picked up on this just by reading the menu. They they have a little backstory about Sonny and Sherry, and um, you know yeah. they what their passion was, and and it, it's it's a great spot to eat at too. The mm-hmm. food's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it is. It's, it's, it's really it's good, good. Good hot dogs. Yeah, I'm picky about hot dogs. Really? I'm. I mean, I'll call out a good hot dog if it's a good hot dog. I'll call out a subpar hot dog if it's a sub-par really hot dog, and I'll call out canned chili that's not sauce. Because that's just disgusting. Why would you do that to people and <laughs> serve that to people? Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Hot dogs are important to me. Yeah.
2: So, you know, I, I just wanted to highlight Hillbilly Hot Dogs just because, you know, obviously a lot of people that are from around here and be like, oh, yeah, Cody did that because it was easy. But, like, no, just listening to their story, they literally slung hot dogs out of a shack when they first opened. And they just
1: grew to it. Grew a like, proverbial empire. Yeah. A school bus empire. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, no, Hillbilly Hot Dogs, like, I'm definitely minding that business, trust me.
1: Yeah, man. I think I'm going to like this new uh, segment. That's a good segment. This is this is going to be good. It's
2: a good segment. If you guys have a small business that you guys want us to mind, uh, shoot us an email at whatsappalachian at gmail.com. Shoot us an Instagram message, a Facebook message. We'll definitely, definitely look into the business that you're talking about. We will highlight your business to our listeners across mm-hmm. the United States, across the world. We've had a lot of... Uh, we've had a lot of listeners yeah. across the world tune into our small Appalachian podcast somehow.
1: We have. It feels <laughs> weird to say that. No, but we have like a lot. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing expats that or folks in Switzerland are really excited to definitely, hear about Appalachia. Definitely pumped about App- <laughs> Appalachia.
2: But no, if you guys have a small business, hit us up. Um like I said, the email is at whatsappalachian at, uh, at com, and the instagram things like that it's just what's happening so hit us up with a message of a small business that you guys want to highlight we'll definitely throw it on there no big deal
1: yeah well i guess that's it for tonight dude that's it so until next time guys have a good one yep enjoy
2: your week have a cold one for us definitely we'll have one for you yep this is cody Greathouse signing off with my main man gabe Roush. love y'all bye-bye
1: This episode is powered by West Virginia Can't Wait.